Welcome in to another edition of Your Weekly Spreads. I'm Carl, and on the other mic is Courtney, a.k.a. Classy. Classy. Not, not Big C. Not Big, not big C. C. I messed up last week. I'm going to issue her a formal apology. <laughs> I want to let our listeners know that Big C is not her nickname. It's, yeah. it's Classy. She's I want a classy. lot of the, the listeners to issue that same formal apology because a lot of them tried to adopt the Big C. But yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> not feeling it. Do not like. Reject. So we're classy moving forward. She's a top shelf, gin sipping, picking, <laughs> football handicapper, classy. That's where that nickname comes from. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Yeah, classy. So um, looking at the sheet here from last week, we got to do a little recap before we get started with the picks uh, for, for the upcoming week. And uh, I see one and two on the locks here. What's uh, how you feeling about last week? Yeah, it was a disappointing week, um, but but a weird week I thought. Obviously, didn't expect Kansas City to lose, and then I think what the other one was Tampa Bay, the Bucks. Didn't yeah. really expect them to lose either. I, I had some faith in Mahomes and, and Brady, and I think, but I I know I'm not the only one that did. So I, I guess I don't necessarily feel too bad. I mean, most people are shocked right now that the Chiefs are one and two on the season so. yeah last place in that division that's i don't think anybody would have guessed chiefs being at the bottom of that division after week three yeah looking uh you know my sheet here i did a little bit better went two and one on the nfl locks that we gave out on the podcast uh obviously my golf bets didn't go so well that's what i get for picking against the usa they absolutely destroyed the european team so as a fan of the American golfers, I can at least uh, feel a little bit better that, you know, won the cup in such a deciding fashion. Uh, but I went two and one. We both locked Cincinnati plus three, ended up getting the Rams. I went with o, with the Rams against Brady and then uh, lost Philly plus four on Monday night, uh, but ended up locking that, hitting that lock we added on our Twitter account. Marshall plus seven from Friday night. That cash. So overall, three and one on football plays for the week. And if you didn't Twitter, be sure to follow our account at Weekly Spreads. We're going to start giving out plays that we don't talk about on the podcast on our Twitter account. And you can assume whether it's me or Courtney um, adding to that account, giving out a play, you can assume it's a lock. So if it's on Twitter, it's something that we're betting with our own money that we feel confident in sharing with you. Correct. And also add in that we're going to be doing the co- – we're going to start adding. We're obviously, this is our second NFL weekly spread podcast. We're also going to start doing college football as well weekly. So. Yeah, recording this on Wednesday night. Hope to have it out on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, what's verbal is the other one that mm-hmm. that we've been uploaded to. And anchor. Hoping to have, yeah, hoping to have it out by tomorrow. Then we're going to record the college pod uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Hopefully, have that out by Friday. Plenty of time to get to the window, get your bets in. Hopefully. You know, us talking about these games, handicapping them, giving you some leans and locks can help make you some money. 
we're betting it with our own money, so um, hopefully we can we can all make a little cash this weekend. So, got a nice slate of six games on the card tonight for NFL Week Four. I'm ready to hop right in. You ready, Courtney? Yep, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go, classy. Let's start <laughs> game number one. We got the Browns laying two on the road against the Vikings. Looking like this opened at a pick or Browns minus one, so early money. The wise guys are took the Browns early. That line's moved up to minus two. So what are you thinking here? Uh, for some reason, I'm excited about this game. It's kind of maybe an odd game to be excited about, but I'm, I, it's, I find it kind of intriguing. I'm excited to see how Minnesota responds after a win last week, and the Browns obviously looked great against the Bears, <laughs> but I think you could have rolled any team out there last week. Even the Jets' defense probably would look good against Matt, Net, uh, Matt Nagy's offensive scheme uh, using Fields in his, his first start. But... What do you think here? You yeah. taking uh, the points with the Vikings at home, or are you going to lay the two with the Browns on the road? I think a case could be made for either way, but my gut tells me to go with Cleveland. Um, but I, I can also see it going to Minnesota. So I definitely don't want to lock anything in on this one. If, you know, obviously, I was going to say if you're making me choose, which, I mean, that's the point of the show is to choose. So if I have to choose, I'm going Cleveland. Um, I'll be, I, I'm going to be honest with you right now. You're not selling this very well. If I'm a listener, <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not playing really... this game at all based on anything classy <laughs> is telling me right now. I was about to, like, start making some points, like... But, again, I don't feel confident about this game. I think this is on our slate because I guess you found it to be an intriguing matchup. I don't think it's a great game as far as, like, betting-wise. Unless you want to do the the total, the over-under. I think that is a way more intriguing than the actual spread. Yeah, I mean, where do you at there? I think the total is, what, 51 and and a half? Right. Yeah, so you have a lean, a lock on the total? I'll lock in over on that. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. You should have started there. Yes. <laughs> Super confident in the over. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, you're feeling like the Cleveland defense isn't going to be able to stop Kirk Cousins and coming back. So they're going to get some pressure on Kirk. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. one thing about Kirk. Kirk can take some hits, and he's going to be okay. I mean, that was it's been proven every game so far this season. He's taken some hits, but... He's still been able to sling the ball, get it to his receivers, and, you know, one last week in a pretty big margin to Seattle. So, yeah, I mean, the only thing that makes me want to give the slight edge to Cleveland is if it turns into possibly a run game. Let's say, like, both teams just come out super sloppy on the offensive end. It's super, um, like, turnover prone. I think yeah. that's where Cleveland can win that game more yeah, decisive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sure, sure. They have a yeah, much stronger I'm, I mean, I know like Dalvin Cook, everyone's gonna, you know, he's a top what five or six running back, but I just no think I just think that you can run more effectively on the Vikings defense than you can Cleveland's defense. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you know, we saw week one as, as Bengals fans, we saw Joe Mixon have a great game. You Correct. know, that opener uh, running the ball against the Vikings defense. I'm with you on the over. I'm not going to lock it in. I'm not going to necessarily lock in anything on this game. I lean Minnesota plus two. Coming off a good win against Seattle, back at home. Cooks coming off the, you know, last week uh, with the injury. He's going to be refreshed, ready to go. Like you said, Cousins is having one of his better seasons as a passer. I like the weapons that the Vikings have. And, I mean, I like for them plus two. I'd lean that way. I'd even lean money line on the Vikings. But Oh, you would. I'm going to load up when I make up my DFS lineups. I'm thinking the, this is a game I'm going to target for some stacks, maybe some double stacks, maybe Cousins and a Justin double Jefferson. Stacks, like Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> a different double stack. Uh, you know, m- m- maybe a stacks from, from each side in this game. Um, so to make it clear, Courtney's locking the over 51 and a half. I'm leaning Minnesota plus two. Let's move on to the next game. Kansas City, (laughs) off two losses, we've already said, the last in that division, laying a touchdown on the road against the Eagles, coming off that 20-point loss in the divisional game against the Cowboys. Looks like this opened at 7.5-8, so some early money has come in on Philly to, to get this down to a touchdown. How are you feeling, Classy? You land the touchdown with the Chiefs? Are you going with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? Oh, I'm I'm laying the touchdown with the Chiefs. I That's a lock. That's a lock. Heck lock. yeah. Lock well, I, I can I can say hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lock. Um I mean watching that Monday night football game, Philly basically needs just a, a whole new team. I mean they need a new offensive line, they need a new defense, they need some mm. offensive weapons for Hurts. So I just don't feel like there's a chance. I mean, they're at home, but I don't feel like that gives them any advantage. I feel like the Chiefs are going to come out. They have a lot to prove. I don't feel like it's going to be a competitive game at all. I mean, you, you got to think the Chiefs are hungry. I mean, coming off of back-to-back losses, they they got to be in a situation where they're coming into Philly and, and, and wanting to make a statement against the Eagles. And, I mean, to your point, Obviously, listeners from last week, I had Philly plus four as my third lock uh, on the NFL slate. And, yeah, they just didn't look good. Uh, The offense was pretty stagnant. Even though I think the Cowboys' defense has surprised some people, but the the secondary with Diggs, I mean, they they shut down the Philly pass offense, pass attack. Devontae Smith... Uh, I think it was that, but I mean, I, I just heard she didn't even have time to throw the ball. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if that's credit to Dallas's defensive front, or if that's more, like I said, Philly needs a whole new offensive line. Hey, um, Parsons been looking good. I'll give him that. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, I'm like you. You know, I, I think Philly's line. You know, in order to have a good offense, either running the ball passing attack you got to have the people in the trenches in order to give the quarterback time to open the holes for the running backs and to your point that Eagles offensive line has been suspect uh, yeah. all I season mean, long exactly I mean I'll admit Hurts 
made a couple of questionable decisions out there on Monday night. But, I mean, overall, I thought it was more, I mean, the offensive line just did not help him out at all. And then they're just not a very disciplined team at all. I mean, they got, I don't know how many penalties called on them on Monday night. It was like as soon as they would get some momentum, they would do some kind of, like, ineligible receiver downfield and, you know, yeah. it, it was just kind of like that was the story the whole night. So, you know, I mean, is that the product new coaching staff, you know, that's leading to these kind of boneheaded mistakes that stifles any type of momentum that that they might generate? But what do you make of uh, Hertz's postgame comments about, you know, they ask him about the game and what he's saying? He's like, you know, when you take a deuce. You don't stare at the deuce. You just flush it and move on. <laughs> what do you think? you think they're going to be able to flush the deuce and, and move on? I, mean, I don't think you could just flush it. Is it going to get another deuce this week? Maybe if they were playing the Jets, maybe. Yeah. But not the Chiefs. I, I just, obviously, we've said this several times throughout this podcast. They're one and two. So I just don't see the Chiefs just coming in and willingly being flushed down the toilet. That's just not going to happen. There you go, carrying that deuce I know, you like that, analogy right? even further. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not as confident in locking in Kansas City minus seven. Really? Anytime, anytime you go on the road, Philly's not an easy place to play. No, it's not. I'll, I'll agree with that. I just... And so you're telling me a team laying a touchdown, I don't, I mean, I'm if I close my eyes and just saw you got a home team get catching seven points that's won a game, that's got Jalen Hurts a quarterback, has got some weapons. Who did they win I that would, game against, though? Keep that in mind. True, but still. <laughs> I mean, I think the Falcons have proven that their defense can't stop anything. So yeah. I think that I think that Philly's one win says more about Atlanta's defense than it does about, you know, Philly having some, you know, possible talent there. It, it's, yeah. All right. Courtney Classy is locking in Kansas City minus Correct. seven. I'd actually lean Philly plus seven because I think a touchdown is a lot to ask a team to lay coming on the road. And it's a two-loss team, let's be honest. We didn't really talk about question marks that the Chiefs have, but that's enough I, for that game. I think we the – no, no, no. Oh, Clancy got a word to say. <laughs> I think Kansas City is fine if they can correct their ability to, you know, they've had a lot of turnovers this year. So I think if mm-hmm. they can just take care of the ball, I think they'll be they'll be okay. What about I their mean, defense? You think their defense is okay? I mean, that's been the story about Kansas City's defense sure. all along. They don't have a defense. The only they reason outscore teams. Yeah, I mean, that's always been it. Their defense will get a turnover here and there. They'll get a stop here and there, but most of the time, any game that Chiefs are involved in, it's a shootout. Like I mean, that's this. That's just what you expect when you see the Chiefs on on the schedule. Yeah, it's going to so be high flying offense. This year, I think the difference again is they've just been turnover prone. All right, enough said about that game. We got to move on to a really intriguing NFC West game here. We got the Seahawks. Coming off the loss to Vikings, going on the road to the Niners. The Niners are laying three. This opened at three. There's been really no significant line movement so far. There might be a few two-and-a-halves out there, uh, suggesting that maybe some money's coming in on the Seahawks. But 
what do we think? Niners after that heartbreaking loss. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, about to say night. both of them are coming off pretty disappointing losses. I mean, Seattle really just got blown out by the Vikings, and then San Fran to have that heartbreaking loss in Green Bay. Um, I think I'm gonna take Seattle with the points. Mm-hmm. I just it, you it, locking it's, that in. No, I'm going to lean it. I'm going to mm, lean that okay. one. I okay. just, I mean, because we're talking about Kansas City and their record. I mean, you literally have Seattle sitting right there, too, at one and two. I just, I mean, they could lose the third game. They just, honestly, they can't afford to. Not in that division. So, to me, this is a must win for Seattle. And I know it's a early on, in, I mean, what we're talking like week four, week five, but it, it's, it's a must win for me, for them. I, I'm right there with you. Give me Seattle locking in. Seattle plus three uh, on the road against the Niners. I'm just not that impressed with this Niners team. I mean. I'm not either. I mean, that that was kind of going to be my, my other point is, what do they really have? I mean, you have Debo yeah. Samuel, who's, I mean, really been playing well. Kittle to me has kind of been disappointing. Yeah, he's been very quiet, especially on the fantasy. Yeah, uh, side I mean, of everyone thought going in preseason this was going to be like a super high flying offense. Um, obviously, they've had some injuries with the run game. They really just can't get that going. And, and you just got Jimmy G, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of a disappointing team overall, for sure. But you got Trey Lance, you just bring him in when you get down on the goal line, let him run it in for a touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the key here. To me, it's going to be interesting to see when they're just going to give the reins to Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like you. When I look at the depth chart for the Niners offense, it just doesn't impress me that much. I mean, Ayuk, I guess, came back last game and and had a decent game, but the first couple of weeks of the season, I think he he averaged yeah. like point five one of, fantasy points. There's some kind of issues there with the coach as well. I mean, you know those mm-hmm. comments that came out. Um, basically, I think it just played into the effort of Ayuki, you know, just not showing the effort. So, I mean, yeah, really, all they have is Debo. Debo's been the only one that's been shining in that offense. Right. Kittle, like we said, he's just been very, very, very quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, give, give me Seattle. Uh, I just think Seattle's yeah, a I better mean, team. Yeah, Seattle. You obviously you have Tyler Lockett, your DK, who they're all. Both of them are just always long threats, and you have Russell. Russell himself has not been playing bad. Right. So, I mean, obviously yeah. Chris Carson. I mean, he had a pretty decent game. He's a pretty decent season so far. So, I think that. Seattle has much more of the dual threat as far as run and, and throw than San Fran, who to me really has to rely on their throw unless Trey Lance is in the game and, and you know he can use his legs. All right, so we're both locking in the Seahawks plus three. Last week, our double lock, the Bengals plus three cash. So hopefully we can keep that streak going uh, into week four. All right, staying in the division, we got the Arizona Cardinals. And the Rams, 
Facing off back at SoFi Stadium, the Rams are laying four and a half. And looks like, based on what I could tell, the line movement is open around four and a half, so really no significant movement so far in the lines. Um, recording this podcast late Wednesday night. Uh, you got two undefeated teams here. And right. last week, I was on the Rams mm-hmm. as, you know, to make a statement about their place in the NFC against the Bucks, And, you know, I, I took the Rams laying the points, worked out well. This week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Cardinals. I'm locking in the Cardinals, wow. plus four and a half. And I think this game, for them, is the same situation where they wanna make a statement about their place in the division alongside, you know, the Rams. Um, so I, I give them the edge, the situational edge of being, having the motivation to go into SoFi. Uh, the Rams coming off that big win. I mean, I've never seen a coach more amped than Sean McVay on the sideline. Um, so maybe a little bit of a letdown for the Rams in this game. And I see the Cardinals wanting to make a statement. And hey, they got the defensive guys up front this year. They've still got the weapons. Kyler Murray's been playing well. Uh, yeah, Cliff I'll seems to have that offense rolling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cardinals here and lock in plus four and a half. Yeah, I disagree. Tell with me I'm wrong. We'll see it. Yeah, Classic. you are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. I'm going right the opposite. I, I'm locking in the Rams to cover. Um, I think last week we saw. You're talking about Arizona's defense. I think the Rams' defense. I mean, they looked super legit. Sure. Look what they did to Tom Brady. Yeah, but here's the difference. Tom Tom is obviously a pocket passer, not a mobile quarterback. Here they've got to face a guy who can move the ball around, weapons out on the perimeter, and then he himself, he's a weapon. Um, And that's something the Rams' defense has not faced this year. A mobile quarterback they have to account for. Yeah, I think so. When that fine. pressure comes Aaron... up and that pocket collapses, there's an opportunity for Murray to get free with I his think, legs. I think Aaron Donald will be fine. I mean, it's definitely. I think the only thing you have to be concerned with in the run game is Kyler Murray. I think outside of that, they they really don't have anybody. Agree. I mean, there. James Conner, eh. eh. Chase Edmonds, eh. You know, they eh. just. Eh, just haven't, you know, they're just very lackluster. They're just there to kind of fill roster spots, get you a couple uh, yards every once in a while. But other than that, been really lackluster. So, yeah, I, I'm locking in the Rams. Just talking about the defense, obviously the Rams were without um, Daryl Henderson last week. He's expected to play this week. Um, I mean, both teams are passing teams. I mean, Kyler has a lot of weapons. You have D-Hop, you have Christian Kirk, you have A.J. Green, who had like a 100-yard game out of nowhere last week. But, I mean, you look at the other side, you have the Rams. You have Robert Woods, you have Higby, you have Cooper Cup. You have a lot of weapons. They're at home. And I I found a stat that I think you're really going to like. So, the Rams are 9-3 to against the spread at home over the last, like, 12 games. Eh, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that tells me McVeigh is a, is a coach that covers. I'm a little, yeah. uh, you know, skeptical Sounds of that like stat a simply because stat there. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate the stat. And, you know, to <laughs> say that McVeigh is when – when I think about the quarterback change, so that's why I'm a little like, eh, you know. He was able to cover with golf, so it sounds like, I mean, he's definitely in a situation where he's going to be able to cover games uh, with, with Stafford behind center. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a worthwhile stat to keep I mean, in mind. I think McVeigh himself is, is – he no matter what weapons he has, he, he's going to be competitive. I, sure. I think his guy – he wants – his aura attracts competitive guys. He's a competitive guy by nature, so I think if you're competitive, you fit in well with that organization. And I think Stafford was obviously – an upgraded quarterback that they needed. I mean, obviously, Golf was able to do, you know, enough for them to make the playoffs. Get them to a Super Bowl, right? You know, get them to the playoffs, the Super Bowl. But you can't tell me that you would rather have Golf over Matt Stafford. No, not at all. Yeah. No, I wasn't so, making that point. Yeah, I mean, you're saying that he covers, which I guess, anyway, I thought it was interesting What's stat to go along with my lock. The Rams are definitely going to cover it at home. I think. Let, let me take it in a little different direction. What's the total on this game? You have um, that? Yes. The total for this game is 55. 55. Think total last week was 51 and a half with the Bucks, And, you know, I suggested maybe the under was the play and we've got that, you know, late touchdown from Brady to Geo that, I don't know if Geo had his knees blown out or what, I never followed up on that, but it would have gone under if that touchdown hadn't hit. I'm wondering if this is a game where you see two high-powered offenses tend to want to lean toward the over, but here again, we're talking about the defensive, um, especially the Rams, and then, you know, with, with Watt and Chandler Jones for the Cardinals, is this a situation where this is kind of a grinded out divisional game and I maybe so. you want to think about playing the under? I think I think that you're probably going to see maybe a lot of points put up in the first half, but then it turned into a grinder in the second half. Yeah. And I, I think it'll end up being under 55. That's what my yeah. gut tells me. I'm not, I obviously wouldn't lock that in per se. But that's what I'm leaning towards is the under. Yeah, I kind of am too. I mean, I would lean that. I've locked in the Cardinals plus four and a half. I think that goes along with my lean with the under. I mean, I I think you're thinking about this in the right way that maybe both offenses come out. There's some scoring early, but then by the second half, the defenses adjust. Right. And, you know, the game slows down. Maybe Daryl Henderson gets gets some opportunities to run the ball against the Cardinals, you know, allows the game clock to run more, so the under comes into play. But we definitely are on opposite sides of this game. I'm mm-hmm. locking the Cardinals plus four and a half. Classy land the points of the Rams. All right, next on the slate, it's the game of the week when you're talking about for the media. They're just they're having a hell of a week talking about the stories of Tommy yeah. going back to Gillette Stadium. You're, so you, you can't tell me that you're not excited to see Tom back in Foxborough? 
Well, yeah, hell, that's why I put it on the slate to talk about this. <laughs> okay. You you had it left off your list of games, and I was like, we got to talk about Tom Brady going back to Foxborough and, mean, and playing Bill. The storyline behind it is great. I just don't feel like it's going to be a great game. I mean, let me let me guess. You're you're locking in Tampa Bay minus seven. Oh yeah. And you just think they the Bucks just run over Mac Jones and this Patriots team that looked good against the Jets. Other than that, they haven't looked good at all this year. Yeah, I I do. Um, I I do. I mean, Tampa Bay is the second rate passing offense out there, and I mean, I know that the Patriots have a a great defense but I mean I think they're like a fifth rate defense but I just I don't see Tom losing to the Rams and then next week he's going to be in Foxborough and he's going to lose to the Patriots especially to like a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones I just don't see that playing out yeah I mean I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking about you know what we were saying about the Chiefs and Philly because you know you look at it's the same same situation when you've got what we would consider a superior team laying a touchdown on the road against an, an opponent that is one and two, <laughs> both Philly and New England one and two, look good in the game that they won against inferior competition, but have struggled uh, otherwise. And you know we saw what happened to Philly on Monday night, losing by twenty. Uh, obviously, they were on the road in Dallas at that that game but I mean I, I don't want to lock it in because a part of me I'm when you have the debate is it more Bill or was it more Tom I, I'm in the camp of I think, it was more I think Bill. that Tom has proven that it's more himself I don't know about that I mean I'll he admit I'll admit he went to a new organization and they've done everything to yeah, put he weapons went to an organization that was set up perfectly for him to succeed they had I don't a great think it was defense. set up perfectly for him I think that they made adjustments and brought in the pieces to make it perfect for him I think you just had an organization that was willing to make to allow this to be Tom's team yeah I think they had far more far more pieces in place than what they brought in. Sure, they let him bring in Gronk, but that defense was stacked. They had Evans. They had uh, Godwin. They let him bring in Antonio Brown, which was obviously uh, paid paid dividends at the end of the season. But it was the, I mean, it was a perfect situation for Tom. Not taking anything away from the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, but part of me thinks like, is Bill going to scheme up something to make this an ugly game? He's, he's going to rely on his defense. I mean, I think he definitely would like to. I just don't see him being able to do that. Yeah. I, I think and, that Tampa Bay has far too many offensive weapons. You know, I definitely think Brady's going to want to put up points on the Patriots. I mean, if he can win by 50, he's going to keep scoring. Uh, how, even how, in the how final think, quarter. How do you think the fans are going to receive him there? You think he's going to receive a standing ovation? Or how do you think they're going to receive him? I think it'll go, I hope, and, and I think he deserves respect of the fans for everything he did uh, for the Patriots organization. So I imagine it goes in, in you know, sort of along these lines of he they honor him, Kraft's going to have something 
pre-game to honor Brady and all of his accomplishments. And, you know, the fans are going to shower him with cheers and praise and thanks. But as soon as I think he scores that first touchdown against them, I think they'll let him have it. Um, and then by the end of the game, I think they're really going to want to let him have it. Because I'm like you, I think the Patriots win by two touchdowns plus. Uh, you mean the Bucks? Yeah, Bucks. Sorry. I'm still in thinking Brady <laughs> plays for New England. Wow. Yeah. No, so you're uh, locking that in. I'm not locking it in uh, because, okay. like I said, I just don't want to. I, I don't want to go against Bill. Two touchdowns and you don't want to lock in seven points. I, I don't want to. No. Oh, that's cool. I'm not going to lock it in. Okay. It's just one of those things. You can handicap it. It makes sense. I, I'm, I'm not suggesting that you're making the wrong play or giving out the wrong play to lock in Tampa Bay minus seven. You just kind of, that's one of those situations you just feel like you don't want to do it. You get up there the window and you're like, I just don't want to give the ticket rider my money and I just don't feel right about this game. Well, so that's why I'm leaning total? it. Huh? What do you feel about the total? What is the total? 49. And I, I made a note of this. Tampa Bay and, and their opponents, they've gone over 49 and a half all three games this season. The Patriots are right the opposite. The Patriots, when they're facing their opponents, they have never gone over 49. Tampa Bay, mm. every single time they've gone over. Interesting, I mean, right? I, I think it's one of those uh, totals that you can make sense of based on how you feel the game will go. Do you think Brady's going to come in, the Bucks are going to roll over New England? Maybe you take the over in that the Bucks are just putting up points. Tommy's scoring as many touchdowns as he can on his return to Foxborough. If you kind of feel like maybe Bill can scheme a game plan to slow down the Bucks, keep the Patriots in the game, how is he going to do that to, to go along with the trend that you've just given? Do you feel they like there's kept anything? Totals low. Do you feel like there's anything that Bill could throw at Tom that Tom hasn't seen before? I mean, that's that the Tom, thing. Yeah. Tom isn't prepared for. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a great question, and my initial answer would be, I don't think so. Yeah, that's I mean, kinda, you spend yeah. that much time together, you you would think that Brady's ready for everything, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Uh, Bill is uh, a cerebral. As, as we know, a very cerebral coach um, who's probably watched more game film than all the other coaches in the league combined. So I'm just saying, there's just something about the game that primetime, Sunday night, I'm not going to lay seven with the Bucks on the road. I'm just not going to do it. I understand your lock. I'm going to mm-hmm. lean the same way that you're, you're going, Tampa Bay minus seven, but I'm not locking it in. All right? All right, mm-hmm. on to the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Interesting game here. I mean, I, I'm i still skeptical of the Raiders. I, I don't know why, but I am. Maybe it's just because it's the, the Raiders. The Raiders always start off hot at the beginning of the season, it seems. They don't ever start off 3-0. Yeah, I was going to say, like they, they, they've never started off this yeah. hot before. Not in a long time, anyway. This is hot, hot for yeah. the Raiders. Um, but but they're at home or no they're on the road, on the road uh, catching yes. three catching a field goal against the Chargers. Looks like this game opened at Chargers minus four. It's dropped all the way down to a, a, a by a point. So money's definitely coming in on the Raiders. Um, as we talked about last podcast, 
most handicappers know. Home teams typically lay a field goal, so this is suggesting on a neutral field the Raiders and the Chargers are equal teams. Uh, it would be a pick coin toss game, but I'm locking in Justin Herbert to get it done at home against the Raiders. So give me Chargers minus three. I just I, I like this team a lot. I I love Herbert. Uh, I love to watch him play. I love his poise. I love how he was able to come in last year and take over that team and other you know take a handful of coaching blunders out of the equation and you know this team may have been able to to achieve more than than what they actually did on paper i like this team to actually win the division um i was not surprised i had them last week against on the road against kansas city i took them with the points i'm not sure i would have gotten uh, the money line bet in but i'm really high on the chargers um so I'm going to lay three it with them at home to, to knock off the Raiders, give them their first loss of the season. Tell me I'm wrong, Classy. Yeah, you are. This is another one that we <sighs> definitely disagree on. Um, the Raiders are just the most exciting team in the league right now to watch. I mean, they just have not been in a boring game at all this season. Carr is the most exciting quarterback in the league to watch. I cannot believe you just said that. What? Carr is the most exciting yes, quarterback. They literally have the top ranked offense. Did you know that? I mean, I believe it. Okay, so they played the Ravens. They've played the Dolphins. Who else have they played? I'm drawing a blank. Who else have they beaten? Um, I can go look it up for you right quick. Jesus. This is not good for our listeners. God, you gotta have his shit ready to go. <laughs> now you're just dropping S bombs. Let's hope uh, your mom isn't listening to this. Dead silence from the podcast yeah, period. Yeah. It's classy. The Raiders, they play. Oh, the Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah, the Golly. Steelers. I don't how know how we, we forgot. How we I don't know, because that? that was a super embarrassing game for the Steelers, too. Two yes. back-to-back embarrassing weeks for them. Right. Um, yeah, but number one, offense. I mean, so, I mean, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Dolphins, those aren't, like, terrible opponents. I mean, it's not like the Jets. True, Pretty quality. True. I mean, because, honestly, everyone came in just talking about the Steelers' defense. And Derek Carr put up 26 against them, put up 33 against the Ravens, put up 31 against the Dolphins. Which, I mean, the Dolphins are known to get a lot of turnovers. So, I mean, those are pretty pretty quality opponents. No, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, the it, sort of that, that opening Monday night game, to me, the, the Ravens had control of that game for three quarters, really three and a half quarters. And then it, it, it turned, in the, in obviously, in the Raiders' favor, and I feel like they've kind of run with that momentum. Then they catch a Pittsburgh team coming off a big win. But I think most of, of fans and handicappers, analysts, are coming to terms with the fact that the Steelers just aren't that good of a team. You know, Big oh, Ben's done. They you are. know, they're just, they're just not a good team. That old line's terrible. I mean, at some terrible. point, if the Steelers want to do anything this season, they're going to have to probably bench Ben. But 
that's another topic for another day. But go yeah, ahead. I mean, I think it's Big Ben, and then that offensive line. I think that was the big question mark going into the season, and I think it's proven to be a pretty bad offensive line. So you you face that team. T.J. Watt gets injured in that game, and then last week against playing a Dolphins team, you know, two is injured. They get down early, right? Yeah, I think they were down fifteen nothing. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's, they scored, it's a I think, safety. Straight. It's a safety in that game that turns the momentum. I feel like they're a team that have had opportune moments in all three games that have opened the door. And hey, give them credit. You know what? When I that think door it is? was open, they I, ran through it. I think that it, it. And we just talked about they have the number one ranked offense. Like, and it, it's so exciting to watch. But I think their defense steps up when it matters and makes plays. I think that's something that hasn't happened for the Raiders in the last couple of seasons. But now you have Derek Carr, who has all these weapons, everything's clicking. And then the defense, like, yeah, I mean, sometimes it it goes out and it doesn't do what it needs to do. But when it really matters, when the game has been on the line, when they need a defensive play, when they need the momentum to swing, they've been able to do that this season. And I think that's what makes this Raiders team different. I give you that. I give you that, that that defensive line has impressed. I mean, in, in all three games, Crosby and, and some of those other younger guys that draft picks the organization has invested in has made its mark on on the Raiders team and affected the outcome of games. I'll give you that. But in response to that, this, this Chargers offensive line, um, they've built a solid front to protect Herbert. So... I'm I'm projecting that the Raiders aren't going to get as much um, much pressure on Herbert as they've gotten on other quarterbacks so far this season. But we're on opposite sides here. The last uh, last game on the slate, I'm laying the three of the Chargers. Courtney's locked in the Raiders plus three. So so did I little... do did I do four locks this week? Hey, I'm about to do the recap. You can keep up with it, okay? Yeah, because I feel like you you cheat sometimes, but go ahead. <laughs> I cheat sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So first game on the slate, you locked in over fifty one and a half. Uh you're oh, leaning I did like Cleveland that, minus two. I'm leaning Minnesota plus two. Okay. You locked in Kansas City minus seven. Correct. I'm leaning Philly with the points. Simply because they're at home and I still think they can score against this questionable Chiefs defense. So I'm, I'm giving Jalen uh, with, with the seven to keep it close. Uh, we both are locking in Seattle plus three against the Niners on the road. We, I locked in for the fourth game, Cardinals plus four and a half. You locked in Rams minus four and a half. Uh, you locked in Tampa Bay <laughs> minus seven. I'm leaning that way, but not willing uh, to, to lay the money on Brady on the road. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And we're on opposite sides on the Monday night showdown. You locked in the Raiders plus three. I locked in the Chargers minus three. So I literally have a lock for every game. Yeah. Do you want to change any of that? I feel very confident this week. Very um, confident. So All our right. listeners will know who they need to follow, like who they need to listen to more, either myself or you. Hey, that double lock on Seattle plus three. 
That's when we made our money last week. That's, we both hit that double lock. And on that's the honestly, dangerous. if I had to take one away, that would be it. Wow. That's the one you're least, <laughs> least confident in. Yeah, but right. I guess it makes the show, it makes the weekly spreads more confident because it's a double lock. It's a double lock. Yeah, All right. So. Hey, reminder, follow us on Twitter, at Weekly Spreads. Be giving out some uh, additional plays. Last week, we only gave out one uh, bonus college play. It did cash. That was nice. Um, and... As Courtney mentioned, we're going to be doing a college football pod. I think we got eight games on that slate. Yeah, it's a big, big weekend for college football. Huge week. Great games to talk about. Heisman uh, Trophy implications. I can't wait to talk about the ticket that I got at the beginning of the season. Matt Corral, plus 1,800 to win the Heisman. I think it's down to, like, plus 250 now. I forgot the last time I looked, but he and – uh, Bama's quarterback are tied for the favorites now. So we'll be talking about that and more. So be looking for our college football pod. Other than that, any last words, Classy? No, I don't think I have any. I'm glad we uh, straightened out that, that nickname. I like Classy. Yeah, I think it, it, it's just Classy. Next like, week, how, how can you not like it? Do you, do you want a nickname? I don't want a nickname. I don't need a nickname. <laughs> okay. I really feel like if we were picking nicknames, that Big C fits you better. It probably does. Yeah. It probably does. You're Big C. You know. Big yeah. C. <laughs> big C with them big bets, right? Cashing in big bets. <laughs> yeah. Hey, on that note, Big C and Classy, we're, we're out for off. this week. Yeah. Signing off.